this is a little cliche, but don't sell yourself short. You would be shocked as a as somebody with a military background, what you can bring to the tech industry. We have very good formalized training. We have very good documented processes. A lot of those things are needed in a lot of different tech spaces. So I think that is the biggest advice that I can say is your skills will transfer and you are bringing tremendous value to the table. You may not see it day one, but give it a couple weeks and you'll realize like you're exactly where you're meant to be and you're going to do really, really good things for the company that you end up partnering with. How are doing out there, folks? This is your host with the most, Kenny Vaughn. I play for Team Breakline, and I am so excited to be in the arena with one of our Breakline alums at the illustrious Roblox, Katie Finnegan. How are you doing today, Katie? Oh my gosh, Kenny. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to come into the arena with you. I'm a huge fan. I always feel inspired by the great talent that you have coming on here. So I hope my story today will kind of inspire some other people. Well, I tell you what, Katie, we're inspired to have you in here. And first off, huge congratulations to you. Can we just start there? Like, you have just landed a really awesome role at Roblox. It was a pleasure getting a chance to know you as you're going through the Breakline program. But for those of our listeners who might not know you yet, would love if you could just give us a little insight into your origin story. Sure. So I am originally from Maryland. Uh, I currently live in Colorado. I served as an active duty Air Force intelligence officer for nine years. And I did quite a few different things in the military besides Intel Ops. I also did some budgeting, did some staff work worked with the Army quite a bit as an Air Force officer, and now I am working as a Senior Moderations Operation Manager for Roblox, uh, and it's and it's been wonderful so far. I'm loving it. So we recently just celebrated Veterans Day, and would love if you could give us some additional insight as to what inspired you to serve in the Air Force. Sure. You know, when I was growing up, I always knew that I wanted to be a part of an organization that was bigger than myself. When I was going to college, I really wanted to be a performer. Specifically, I wanted to be a dancer on Broadway because that's what I grew up doing. That's what I knew. And I had a friend in high school who had a family member. Her father was an officer in the Air Force. I was always so scared of that. It was so funny growing up. But she knew me really well, and she said, Katie, I think you should give this a shot. I think you should try ROTC. I think you would be really good at it. You might surprise yourself, you know, and let me know. So between, like, kind of what I what I saw for myself in my future, plus this little nudge from my best friend in high school, I started doing ROTC at the University of Maryland, Debt 330, shout out. And <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the people that were part of that program. They were super inspiring. Obviously, ROTC is very different from active duty, but it gave me a good sense of purpose. 
And I, I learned a lot, like just about general leadership um, that I didn't really know. Like I learned a lot about myself and things that I didn't know that I could do. I made a lot of good friendships that way and ended up commissioning out of there. I don't regret that decision at all. I still love, you know, the performing arts and any opportunity I get to go to a theater or see like a ballet or something like that. I'll absolutely do that. But I know like the decision to pursue a military career was so fulfilling to me that I'm I'm really glad that I had that friend who I'm still very close with today in the Air Force. Uh, I'm really glad that she pushed me in that direction. Shout out to all the besties who are encouraging us to live our best lives. I think it's really cool that it was the word of encouragement of a friend that inspired you to go on this journey that you ended up going down. You served for nine years and mentioned that you were uh, in intelligence. I know that's a very competitive field to be in. What were some of those experiences like while you were serving in uniform over those nine years of service? There are a lot of ups and downs in intelligence, right? There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of scrutiny to always have it right. It was really interesting. Like my very first role was to be a mission operations commander. I got that assignment as a 22-year-old. And right off the bat, I was in charge of 100 people, which is pretty pretty standard for a lot of different military officer career fields, not just Air Force, I'm Army as well. Can you, and that can was, you run that, that back for our listeners real quick? Because you said that real <laughs> humble. Like, how many people did you say you was in charge of at 22? Yeah, we had a flight of about 100 people. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, that's That's really hard to, like, know that many people. But yeah, you know, we're working different shifts. There's an expectation that you'll be in the office when your commander is working. There is an expectation that you can be available for your folks that are on night shift or that are working on the weekends. Sometimes you're working night shift and on weekends. And it's really, um, it, it can be very tough, but those experiences are really lending themselves well to my current role in Roblox. Um, I feel very much at home. My team looks a lot different. It's a lot bigger, but it's still like that global disbursement concept. I'm still working with a lot of different shifts, a lot of different personalities. And despite how challenging that can be, those challenges are sometimes fun. They're fun for me, at least. I can't, I don't think everybody would enjoy it, but I certainly get a lot of job satisfaction out of it. One of the coolest things that I loved about your background in you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna charge this up to the break line. Humility. You did a pretty darn good job in all of the roles that you served in in the military. I got a chance to take a peek see at your break line application, and as I'm looking at some of the performance reviews here, number one captain of six, number one of twelve, number there are a lot of number ones on this sheet here, Katie, and so. <laughs> One of the questions that I wanted to just ask on behalf of our listeners is, what do you think it was that led to your success, that that early success in your career? What do you attribute that to? I had really good teammates. I had really, really good peers that I still learn from every day. And I also had like just a good team in general. One of my master sergeants that was always pushing me, I'm pretty sure he ended up retiring, but I'll never forget the lessons that he taught me. He was 
he was hard on me, but in a very good way. You know, the NCOs are the backbone of our military. It's not even just our NCOs. We had such talented airmen. These are pretty young folks that are working these missions. They're anywhere between 18 and 22 years old, close to my age. And they're so talented. It's incredible the things that they're able to do just from the training that we give them. And then they're just, they're intellectuals. They can take something and they, they're they really able to do very good research and come to a good determination and assessment that we really need for critical intelligence. You do have to take the extra time, whether you think you have that time or not, to get to know those people. Like on a personal level, I think I think it's so important. And I know like my peers would agree that getting to know about somebody's family, getting to know like, if they're dog people, cat people, all that stuff, because we can't just, it's its hard not to identify as like solely as a military person, right? But you do, you do have other factors that make you you. And going through a transition experience as from military to civilian, you really have to start honing in on those. But pulling that out with your team early on is just, it's just so important. It makes, it makes the teamwork so much better. <laughs> if you can do that. So it's challenging. I'm, I'm naturally an introvert, so it, it pushed me out of my comfort zone. But again, super glad that I got that experience and there's always room for improvement with that too. So I'm always taking time out to try and refining those skills and honing in on those interpersonal relationship building skills. Cause I think that's the most important part as a manager or a leader. Well, I'm really glad that you took us there because what you just shared in terms of your success being the team's success and vice versa, it takes a lot of work to invest in people in that kind of way. And this is one of the reasons why I really love catching up with our veterans because the large majority of veterans that I've talked to really embody that mindset and that philosophy that you just shared in terms of investing in your people, getting to know them on that deeper level, really going above and beyond to show how much you care, not only about their professional success, but also their personal success. And so as I now look back at all these receipts of success that you have, it definitely makes a lot of sense that your teams would show up for you in the way in which you showed up for them. And that says a lot about the success that you've achieved. So appreciate you bringing that back top of mind for our listeners. And I actually want to pivot here a little bit because I know sometimes, especially when folks see individuals that have been successful, that's the only thing that we typically see is the success. I would love for you to talk a little bit about failure. And I know in your breakline application, you spoke a little bit about flight school. So would you mind just giving our, our listeners a little bit more insight into that experience and how it shaped you into the individual that you are today? Thanks for giving me space to kind of talk about it because I think it is so important that to know when you experience failure, there is life after failure. So my my first job in the Air Force was a pilot student. So learning how to fly aircraft for the Air Force and I failed out in the very first portion of pilot training. So initial flight school, I wasn't even in T6 yet. I was in our little prop planes that could barely fly in this horrible Colorado windy weather in January. And it was 
that was really, really difficult for me. It was not the first life failure that I had experienced, but it was a pretty big one. Like I had worked so hard, like balancing school and ROTC, and I was able to commission. I had pretty decent grades when I graduated, so I found that balance. And I was so looking forward to this. I knew my family was super proud of me and having to go through that experience of, wow, I'm never going to fly for the Air Force and I'm never going to fly for the military. And I just spent the past four years of college kind of working towards that. And I wasn't the only one who failed out at that time. There were several other friends that I was in flight school with, and they had been dreaming of this job and this career for since they were like three years old, since they could even come up with a job that they wanted to do. But they're all, they're all fine now. They're all really successful. And I think that's, that's important. There is a grieving process that happens. And I think one of the most important things when I went to mental health to kind of talk through this, because I did get to like a pretty low spot, a pretty dark space that was, was not good was, Hey, your friends, your family, they, they may not understand. And they may be pushing you to recover faster just because they want to see you happy again. But you need to let this process like work itself out on your own timeline. And there are going to be times where you're just not going to want to go out and do things. You're going to lay in bed. You need to let that happen so you can get to that happy place faster. And I think, I think somebody giving me like the okay to feel that way was really great. I, I will say some things that I learned from that experience that are really important. I took some advice prior to going to flight school that I think was really good advice for that person, and it worked really well for them. Um, I was young. I was 18. That advice was not good advice for me, but I was I was too young to really know like my strengths and weaknesses. Like I don't know if you can think of a time when you're 17 or 18 years old where somebody asks, what are you really good at and what are you really bad at? Do we know ourselves well enough yet at that point? I, I didn't. <laughs> maybe, maybe you did, but I did not. So I took that advice and I think like looking back, like moving forward when somebody gives me advice, it's just advice, right? You do not have to follow that person's recommendation. It's great to hear them out. And that can apply to so many different facets of your life, whether it's personal or professional you know, if you're in a leadership position and you're asking for advice, you can take it um, with a grain of salt. Sometimes your gut is your best driver in your decision making. The second thing is I just really wasn't prepared. Like I could have been way more prepared. And that's something now I, I probably overprepare too much just to keep my anxiety level low. But that's just another lesson learned that I took from that experience is you have you have to be prepared as best as you can be and really anticipate where you're going to run into trouble and try and prepare for those things as much as you can, especially when it's, it's your career, it's your, the rest of your life. <laughs> so I think I think that's excellent advice. And one of the elements that I would love to just run back in slow motion is you've gone through four years of college, you've kind of mentally, intellectually, and physically prepared for this one task. And then things did not turn out the way in which you hoped. And so can you kind of take us back to that moment and how you were able to course correct? 
And the reason that I wanted to ask this question is because I feel like regardless of the profession, there are going to be moments where folks step into an opportunity and it doesn't pan out the way that they anticipated. And we have to find a way to pick ourselves up and keep going. And so for you, I'd be interested if you could take us back to that moment and how you were able to course correct and then move on to your next journey after facing that challenge. That's a tough question, Kenny. <laughs> like I said, I did have a grieving process that I went through and then I was selected for Intel school, which full transparency, that was not my first pick. And I showed up to Intel school and was like, I really don't know anything about this career field. I don't know what I'm getting myself into. So when I found out about this Intel operations role, I was like, well, that sounds really interesting. I mean, it's not flying, but it's operations. Maybe that'll be really fun. And I don't think it was until I showed up to that assignment. So this is about a year later from the point when I washed out of pilot training and I met my team, I met my peers, and I got hands-on with the job where it's like, wow, <laughs> thank goodness. Thank goodness I'm not flying planes. Thank goodness I'm here instead because it was, it was so much better for me personally than I think it would have been if I had ended up flying planes. So it does, I think, time. I don't know if that's a good answer. I don't know if that's going to help people you know, go through their own healing process if they have dealt with a failure, especially recently. But time, I do think, heals things. And sometimes you just have to, like, move forward. My mom always tells me, Katie, sometimes you just have to get up and do it because you don't have an option. And her mom used to tell her that. And it's frustrating when she tells me that, but at the same time, I do appreciate it because you don't have a choice. Sometimes you just have to get up and do it and and move on and don't look back and be present. And I, I think that was something that I learned, but it, it did take a lot of time. I think that's outstanding advice for our listeners. And one of the things that I love most about it is not only did you have to give yourself time, but it sounds like you had to give yourself grace. You know, give yourself the grace to be in the moment, to grapple with the emotions, to process and place everything that had just happened. And at the end of the day, say, hey, the only option is to move forward. And realizing that that entire process takes time. Because I think that's one of the things that a lot of people struggle with, you know, myself included. When things are not going the way we want them to, it feels like in that moment, we have to get back on track. Things have to be running smoothly because that's the way things are supposed to be. And I think, especially with the perspective of hindsight, you realize that there is a lesson that is supposed to be learned throughout these challenges. And if you, if you kind of rush through that process, you may miss the opportunity to learn that lesson. And so just really glad that you, you shared that with us. Um, appreciate you having the vulnerability to go back and unpack that memory a little bit more. I want to take you to another element in your career, which you've shared with us. And it deals with having to be a female service member. 
and the unique vantage point that you had and the perspective and insight that you were given based off of your position and then based off of being a woman in uniform. And so if it's okay with you, would love if you could unpack for our listeners the story of three airmen that came to you somewhat in confidence, seeking advice, seeking wisdom. If you could take us back to that moment, I think that'd be a really great story to to share with the listeners. Sure. That was an interesting day at the office. Again, I was still young, probably 22 to 23. These airmen that I was working with at the time were younger than me. They were somewhere between 18 and 21. And they, they all came to me. They closed my office door and they wanted to talk to me about something very personal. They had all found out that they were pregnant at the same time. And because they were shift workers, they were so scared to talk to anybody about that because they didn't know how they were going to handle the pregnancy, how they were going to handle raising an infant while being a shift worker. Because we really didn't have like an official process for that in place. There there weren't a lot of ways to get around that. And... <laughs> That was so tough because they were all very talented. They all had, you know, kind of different backstories. So I I didn't have a choice. They were they were my airmen. They I was there to serve them. So I had to figure out, okay, like if this was me in their situation, it could very well happen to me. I was a young female, like you just never know. Like as an officer, what what would what kind of treatment would I get? What answers would I get if I went to my boss? So I asked around, hey, what is what is our solution for this? What have we done in the past? And again, there was there was nothing there. The, the response was, well, we usually just we typically will will say they need they need to work it out. And if it becomes an emergency situation, we can take it from there. And I I, I just, that did not sit well with me. I just didn't, I couldn't handle that response. Because I know if somebody had told that to me, I I would have probably flipped tables. Like, that's that's unsat. So we did, we kind of put together like a, a working group and we collected a lot of data because it, it was a big organization. It definitely wasn't just these three airmen that were dealing with this. We're, we were an organization of young people. This is what young people do. They have families. like So it's not out of, out of the normal at all. And we were able to put together like a very strong case for 24-7 childcare. And that program was established at our base, but it wasn't, it hadn't been given the proper resources. So it, it did take a lot of work. There were several months of data collecting, making cases to the base commander, and then taking it all the way up to the Pentagon. And what ended up happening, long, long story short, is that we were able to get some better resources for what was in place. It wasn't the perfect solution, but it was better than the solution that we didn't have. I will say childcare in general, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done right within the military. And it was brought up this past spring when I was working with some peers in the Ventures program. It came up as a topic of discussion. And I know at large, it's a huge discussion across the country, across the nation. Women want to work and childcare. Not only is it 
and ex you know it's very expensive but it's almost inaccessible for so many people just because it's it's hard to find people to be child care providers so it, it is a really big topic that I certainly did not solve in my time I, I was able to come up with a, some type of a solution but it certainly I, I don't think that's going to go away I think that's something that we're we're going to be, we're really going to have to continue to work on as we level the playing field to allow women to, to work if they want to work, you know, um, we've done, we've made great strides in that area, but there's, there's so much more to be done. So much more work to do there. Mm. I just want to take a moment and give you a kudos because as a fellow service member and someone who's also been in uniform, I know the amount of trust and respect that those those airmen must have had in you as a leader to be able to confide in you and to seek your wisdom, leverage you as a resource, and to hear that your policy recommendation made it all the way up to the Pentagon. You were playing no games in terms of ensuring that these airmen felt empowered, they felt that their voices were heard. And so I really just wanted to give you a shout out on that because I think sometimes it's easy to forget that whether it's in the military or it's in the workplace, even though we may be working on a common goal or a common challenge, we're gonna be approaching it from different perspectives and we're gonna have very unique experiences based on our unique perspective. And I think this is just really an emblematic example of the unique challenges that you may have seen or you may have faced as a female service member. And so I just, whenever we get a chance to amplify these type of stories, I think it's very important because it's it shouldn't fall solely on the shoulders of women airmen, or it shouldn't fall solely on the shoulders of an African-American officer when there's a racial challenge, you know? And so I really appreciate the, the attention, the detail that you brought to that. And in a larger sense, I think it's just great to remember and be empathetic to the needs of the people that may fall under our charge. And so huge shout out and kudos to you on that front. So nine years of, of service have elapsed and you decide to, to take a dive into the tech industry. So can you tell us what brought you to Breakline? What was it that made you wanna start a new chapter in your career? Would love any additional insight that you have on that professional pivot. Transitioning out of the military and getting rid of what essentially is a career safety blanket in many ways is terrifying. Come on now. It Come is, on now. Hey, we about to we about to preach to the people. <laughs> it is so so scary. And to make that leap is just like uh I I'm thinking about the memories right now of like going through that process and it uh it it's making me shake a little bit because it is anybody who's like in the thick of it right now, you will get to the other side, I promise, and you will be fine. And and breakline will help you get there. Yes. I think any officer would probably say, like, you think about transition a lot, especially the longer you stay in. It's not just like, 
you think about it for a year, you could be thinking about it for several years. I I think I was one of those people that it kind of ebbed and flowed for me. I wanted to get out and then I was doing something really awesome at work. Just like, I'll never leave. And then sometimes it's not super awesome at work and you want to leave immediately. That could be the case for any job. But once I was finally at the point where it's like, okay, I am ready to try something different. I reached out to some really close friends that I knew had transitioned recently and they had recommended Breakline to me. I didn't, I didn't even know a program like this existed. So it was, it was so incredible to talk to quite a few people, like even prior to interviewing for Breakline that were working with the company in the, in the sense that I really felt like I was going to be super prepared for this transition if I was partnering with Breakline. And I was proven absolutely right once I got accepted to the program and I started, I did a lot of like the online classes that you can do before you start with your cohort just to get a sense of what I would be gearing up for. And those were incredible. Like things that I just, I think everybody that is not going into a military career after college probably learns then. But in nine years, I never knew anything about interviewing. I never, I think this is, Kenny, this is really important that what Breakline taught me is how to be very respectful and courteous to the people that you are hoping to partner with for your future career. Um, that I have seen translate so well into the tech industry. And it, it's something so simple, just like in, a, in an email, for example, hey, how are you doing today? We don't, I will say I did not practice that in my military career when I did an email <laughs> intro. You want to get to the point. You got a lot to do. It's military. <laughs> but that was something, just such a simple thing that came up in one of our classes. But that that has followed me now into my Roblox career as I'm as I'm meeting new people in my company. And it's returned as well, which I love. I just think that's so great. So that is one of many lessons that Breakline taught me. You have to do the work. I think that's also really important. Breakline tells you that you have to do the work. So if you don't put in that time, just just don't do that. Like put in the time. <laughs> you know, that's that's what that's what it's about. It's gonna take it is like working two jobs when you're when you're trying to transition because I was still very much ingrained in a pretty significant project in my military career, and I wanted to tie up all the loose ends. I couldn't stand leaving the military on a bad note and not having my project completed, but I also had to give a thousand percent of my energy to researching the companies, making sure I knew the people that I was going to be talking to and their backgrounds, and when you're tired and trying to be patient and courteous, all that stuff is exhausting, mm. but there were moments where my very first interview was awful. I, I felt at least I was really questioning myself, but, you know, talking to the breakline coaches afterwards, they're like, it's your first interview. You know, it's going to happen. Like that, that reassurance of it's going to be okay. Let's, let's move on. Let's, let's go after the next thing. They were there every single step of the way. They were the cheerleading team that I needed, the coaches that I needed really an extension of my family in many ways. My parents were <laughs> were so understanding and took all of my phone calls and I am so, so grateful to them. But there is a piece that 
you know, they haven't gone through this experience, whereas many of the brake line coaches have, and they get it, and they're extremely empathetic, and no matter, no matter what, <laughs> they're going to be there to answer the phone call or the text message or the email, and man, I am so, so grateful to everybody in brake line, like, for, for having that additional support that I needed, felt like I was doing it on my own sometimes, but they were always there to make sure I wasn't. Well, once again, I just want to thank you for your transparency because transitions are tough. Transitions are tough, just period. But for anyone who has ever transitioned out of the military, the large majority of people that I have spoken with, it is a significant emotional event. And so to hear you just acknowledge that, but then also to see the success that you've had on the other side and how you were able to leverage the resources. We're tremendously grateful to be able to embark on this journey with all of our break line participants. And so it's just great to hear you share what those resources meant to you and not only what they meant to you in the moment, but how you're continuing to pay that for now that you're on the other side of the journey. So once again, shout out to you for being awesome and continuing to pay it forward. It's also really cool just hearing how the relationships matter. And one of the pieces of advice that I always try to share, not only with our brake liners, but anyone who's going through a transition journey is, if you ever find yourself on an island, there's a very good chance you're doing something wrong, right? Like, you're not the first person to go through a transition. You're not the first person to have to apply for a job. You're not the first person to do any of these things. And so being able to reach out to a community, being able to reach back to your family, being able to reach back out to mentors and peers, resources like Breakline, invaluable in terms of the peace of mind that it provides. And so I'm really glad that you share that with our listeners because I think it's a message that can't be overemphasized enough. And so really appreciate that we were able to dive into that a little bit further. And the last kind of topic that I wanted to broach with you is you got yourself a pretty fancy job. I, I wouldn't say you did half bad for yourself. You're doing pretty good. You're at a very, very cool company, Roblox. And it says here you're a senior manager of moderation and core functions. That's very fancy, so if you could if you could give us a little more insight as to your day-to-day -day, and then just insight into Roblox. I know Roblox is a very cool company for those who might not be familiar with the company and the work that you're doing. would love to hear your insight and your perspective. Roblox was not initially on my radar when I started working with Breakline. And when it was brought to my attention and I started doing research, it's like, wow, this company is so cool. Uh, <laughs> like they're just they're just doing really incredible things. They their target audience right now, uh, I would say, is anybody from nine years old. And we we have developers on our platform that are like tw somewhere between like 21 and 23. So we have a really wide spectrum and we're hoping to expand that over the next couple years. But essentially, this is a place where people, a safe place on the internet where they can come together and play and socialize. So we have folks that are coming to the platform to play the games on the platform. And then we have 
a very strong developer community that are developing games for the platform as well. And what I found super appealing about the role that I'm in, moderation specifically, it falls under trust and safety. And we have a really large team of people that are making sure that our community standards are being followed on the platform. And they're working 24-7 to do that because it's it's the internet grew really fast, right? So it's hard to keep it safe for everybody and things slip through the cracks, but where that is one of our top priorities and it's and it's so appealing to me to go from a role in the military where I was responsible in some capacity to provide intelligence to keep people safe on the ground. And now I'm doing that in a different capacity on the internet. I'm working with a huge team that's doing it. And I and I love that. I think what is so great about Roblox, like the entire onboarding process and just meeting the members of my team and then working cross-functionally is that everybody is so helpful. They are so generous with their time. And that's, you know, that's teammates. That's my leadership, the amount of time that my leadership has had for me in the first couple weeks. My director specifically, Joel, has been like just so incredible. And these people, our, our engineers, our product managers, everybody on our teams are very, very talented people. So it's, it's extremely humbling to me uh, to be a part of this organization that has such great talent and they're, they're all working towards the same thing. And another beautiful thing about Roblox is like when they put their core values on paper and they hang it on, you know, our shared spaces for us to review, they mean those core values and they reiterate them every single opportunity they can. And that's coming from the very, you know, top of the leadership down to the individual team member. I think that's beautiful that a company is able to do that every single day. So... <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I'm still in the honeymoon stage. To me, I just, I feel like I won the lottery. This is, it's been so great so far. And I, I don't see myself not loving it for the next year because I'm, I'm learning so much. I'm drinking from the fire hose, but I have an incredible team, incredible talent. That's getting me up to speed. And I'm just, I'm very, I'm very, very grateful that they welcomed me with open arms. And I look forward to what we're going to be building in the future. I think it's something just truly wonderful. What was coolest about what you just shared, because there's a lot of cool things that you just got done sharing. What was coolest from my perspective is how you drew that direct correlation from the work that you were able to do as an intel officer in the Air Force to the work that you're doing now. And one of the mantras that we always share in the Breakline community is that excellence is transferable. And so for you to take that lens as an operator and now apply it towards creating a safe and equitable space for children to play online and to create great memories and to build relationships, that's really cool. And I'll be honest with you, I did not know a ton about Roblox before I came to Breakline. And I remember as we were talking about partnership and things of this nature, I was doing some research and I found a little Nas X concert. And oh my goodness, I mean, that thing knocked my socks off. I had so much fun <laughs> watching the concert. But was, what was even more fun than the concert 
was watching all of the creators and all of the players. They were making these these content videos afterwards, and they were giving their analysis of like um, the spaces that had been rendered and like the different skins that had been developed for that specific uh, for that specific event. And so even in just kind of researching the work that you all are doing, I could feel the deep sense of community that exists for people who are able to use and leverage the platform. And then I told my kids about it and they're like, oh, daddy, break glass work with Roblox? Oh yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> so I think we all have gotten some cool points among the youth community, either through direct application like yourself or through association like me, but really, really love the mission, really love the approach that you all are taking to it. And I wanna leave you with the last word. So as you think about our Breakline community, as you think about folks who are interested in pivoting into the tech industry, trying to find the opportunity which is gonna bring them fulfillment, joy, a deep sense of purpose. What's your recommendation for our listeners on their own respective journeys? I have so many recommendations, but I think this is a little cliche, but don't sell yourself short. You would be shocked as, a, as somebody with a military background what you can bring to the tech industry. We have very good formalized training. We have very good documented processes that are that work well. Sometimes they're a little bit too bureaucratic. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of those things could be needed and are needed in a lot of different tech spaces. So you may you may brush those off like for example I worked on an Air Force instruction, an AFI, a rewrite for that. I never thought that was going to be relevant information in my military career or my post-military career. I am leaning on that very heavily now in my role for moderation, which surprises me. So I think that is the biggest advice that I can say is your, your skills will transfer and you are bringing tremendous value to the table you may not see it day one, but give it a couple weeks and you'll realize like you're exactly where you're meant to be and you're going to do really, really good things for the company that you end up partnering with. Hopefully that is good advice and gives some folks some courage and hope that they're doing the right thing and they're gonna be in the right place. Mm. Well, I'd say you stuck the landing on that one. And on behalf of our entire community, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your insights. Thank you for your words of wisdom. And once again, congratulations on your recent success. You have a track record. And so we know this is just the beginning of a really great story in this next chapter of your career. And so on behalf of the entire Breakline community, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Thanks, Kenny. I'm so glad that I got to do this today. It's been awesome. All right. And to all of our listeners, if you enjoyed what you heard, you know we just need you to do one of three things. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe. And if this really touched your spirit, 
go ahead and leave us a review. It helps us continue to get the word out there. And more importantly, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the content that we're creating. So on that note, folks, this is Kenny Vaughn with Katie Finnegan, and we are signing out from the Breakline HQ. We will see y'all on the high ground.